The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed your sitting. For those just arriving, my name is May Elliott, and we are in the midst of a five-day series on the foundations of Vipassana meditation. So we're on day three, focusing on emotions. Day one was on breath. Day two was on the body. So I'd like to start with a story for you. In my early 20s, I got a one-way ticket to India. And at one point, I was in Rishikesh on the banks of the Ganges, and there were uh, tons of monkeys around. It was really fantastic. Um, And I had left my backpack on the beach while climbing up on some rocks. And I looked down to see that one of the monkeys had his little hand in my backpack. (laughs) My lunch was in there, and so I think it was somewhat enticing. Uh, So I scrambled down, down from the rocks, and I shooed the monkeys away, uh, only to gain the attention of a whole pack of monkeys. Um, And they didn't seem so threatened by my attempts to fend them off. So before I knew it, several monkeys had started closing in on me. Uh, They were surrounding me and had very aggressive expressions. And I started feeling pretty uneasy. I was backing up and uh, found myself uh, backed up against the rapid-filled river and uh, hopped onto a tiny sliver of sandbar uh, a foot or two offshore. And I had a big stick, and I was trying to fend them off with the stick, uh, which I think they perceived as pathetically unthreatening. And it seemed ever more probable that I would be their lunch, when, to my tremendous surprise, a group of whitewater rafters appeared from upstream, and in a blink, I don't know even how it happened, but I found myself scooped into their boat, and they kindly delivered me to the safety on the other shore. So some of you may be familiar with the Buddhist teachings on the paramis the perfections. These refer to, uh, uh, the term parami refers to the wholesome Buddhist qualities like generosity and patience and wisdom. And I I actually love this word parami because it's an ancient Pali pun. Um, It can be translated as perfection, pointing to how these beautiful qualities of mind and heart uh, perfect, or I guess I should say, how these, um, these practices perfect the mind and heart. But it can also be translated as crossing over. Parami can be translated as crossing over. And in this way, through practicing, we learn to cross over to the other shore. We learn to cross over from the shore of delusion to the shore of awakening, from confusion to clarity, from hatred to love. And there's a way that all of these practices we're doing together support us to cross over to the other shore. You you may remember W.S. Merwin quote that I shared on day one of this series. Little breath, breathe me gently, row me, 
for I am a river I am learning to cross. When I was on the riverbank in Rishikesh, I was pretty scared. And in that moment of being rescued, I was freed from that state of fear and that, that state of despair. Uh, the, the emotional upheaval was transformed, one could say. So in the same way, whenever we're overcome with a difficult emotion, can often feel like we're stranded. It can feel like we're overwhelmed or we're stuck, and we could all use the benefit of a lifeboat in those moments. Uh, so the practice I'd like to discuss further that we covered in the meditation is this practice called RAFT. It's an acronym. So it stands for uh, recognize, allow, feel, and tease, or tease apart. And um, this practice is designed to keep you above water when struck by strong currents of emotion. And it was originally, uh, the acronym was coined by the insight teacher, Tanya Weiser. So let's talk a little bit more, um, or let's take a little more time to unpack this. Okay, so first, when would we use raft? Generally, in meditation, we would stay with the breath, with um, with emotions in the background, uh, really giving the breath our full attention. However, if an emotion becomes compelling enough to pull you away from the breath, that's when you shift to give the emotion your full attention. So in short, if it asks for your attention, you can give it your attention. When an emotion becomes predominant in this way, that's when we can apply these four aspects of raft. We don't need to apply all four aspects of raft at the same time. Sometimes we might focus on just recognizing, at other times just teasing apart, maybe just allowing or maybe just feeling. So you might use them all at once, kind of um, consecutively, or you might use different parts at different times. So there's an element of creativity with this, with this to see what works for you. So let's go through each now um, with a little more detail on them. So recognizing, um, this is a really basic principle of mindfulness practice. It's just knowing what's happening in the present moment. And um, this might be as simple as acknowledging, oh, this is boredom, or oh, irritation. Oh, this is happiness. So often we don't know what's happening in our emotional life. And before we know it, we've snapped at our spouse or our coworker when we didn't even really notice that what was happening inside was anger. So the more clearly that we can get to know these different emotions, the more quickly we will identify them in the future and the less likely it is that we'll be hijacked by them. So just the simple act of recognition can sometimes uh, unhook the power of the emotion. It's really simple. Uh, as Ajahn Sumedho would say, it's like this. So we might be experiencing frustration. You might go, oh, frustration is like this. Oh, contentment is like this. So that's recognition. The next is allowing. 
So often when difficult emotions arise, uh, we find ourselves pushing back against them. We're aversive to them. We don't want them there and we're trying to find ways to get rid of them. And often in meditation, without even realizing it, we'll have a, something difficult arise, a pain in the body and a, a difficult emotion. Uh, and then we'll try to meditate our way out of it. So we're kind of using meditation as a tool to get rid of something. Um, and if we notice that happening, we can just notice it and see if there's room to soften and release. And really, meditation is not the only way we try to get rid of our emotions. That's maybe one of the more skillful ways. Um, but humans do all sorts of things, you know, excess food and drink, entertainment, argument, suppression, etc. So, uh, So when we reject our emotional experience, what ends up happening is that we add an extra layer of suffering. The Buddha talks about this process as being like uh, being shot by two arrows. The initial painful emotion is like being struck by the first arrow, jealousy, longing, etc. Um, but when we reject our experience and try to get rid of it, this experience of aversion or rejection is another layer of suffering. So that's like getting shot with a second arrow. So if we're sad and then we say to ourselves, oh, this is ridiculous that I'm sad. I shouldn't be sad about something so petty. And then we're filled with self-judgment for feeling sad. Then we've shot ourselves with a second arrow. Sad's the first arrow. The self-judgment's the second arrow. Uh, we know from the second noble truth that the source of suffering is craving. Aversion is just the other side of the same coin. When we reject our experience, we suffer. So instead, this is where allowing comes in. Instead, can we allow our experience? This doesn't mean that we are justifying or condoning our emotions, uh, nor does it mean that we're necessarily expressing it. Um, instead, we're just making space for it to be as it is. Allowing the emotion to be, um, to express in the body without judgment. And there's so much freedom that's available with difficult emotions if we can learn to relate to them as just tides that move through us. If allowing is difficult, it can be helpful to remember that um, all of these emotions are impermanent. Uh, they will all pass on their own. Even if we tried to keep an emotion the same, we couldn't do it, right? Um, so everything is subject to change. There was once a spiritual master walking on one shore of a river, and his disciple was walking on the other, the other shore. And the disciple yelled across the master, Master, how do I get to the other shore? In essence, how do I cross the river of samsara and get to the shore of awakening? And the master replied, You are on the other shore. So when we practice acceptance, when we practice allowing, we realize that we don't have to strive to get to the other shore or to get somewhere else or get somewhere better. We don't have to uh, resist our experience to try to get a better one. When we practice allowing, it's as though we've already arrived. Um, freedom can be found in the here and now. Okay, so we've done recognize and allow, and now we'll do feeling, the F of raft. So this aspect 
of raft involves really getting to know the sensations of the emotion in the body. So often emotions are carried by a really strong narrative or storyline. And in this practice, we're letting go of, of that narrative, of the thoughts associated with it, and really feeling the physical sensations associated with the emotion. And it's often these physical sensations that keep our stories spinning. Our storytelling mind is, in a way, often by thinking, it's trying to, um, to think its way out of the problem. Um, it's trying to, um, uh, to come up with some solution to whatever is challenging us and is causing us to feel how we feel in the body. So, for example, if we're compulsively rehearsing a conversation, it might be because we're trying to figure out the right thing to say. We really want to get the right comeback for this person that we're angry at. And if we can just really nail that response, then we won't have to feel angry anymore. So in a way, we're trying to think our way out of how we're feeling. Um, so the thinking mind is problem-solving in a way, uh, such that the body can stop feeling the emotion. Now, instead, this practice of feeling, uh, what it does is it subverts this tendon, it subverts the tendency to try to think our way out of our feelings. And instead, it meets the emotion at its root. It meets the emotion in the body. And we meet it at the only place we can ever really address it, which is in the now. So if you could use support in learning how to feel the body, I suggest you go back to the meditation and uh, the, the talk that we did yesterday on mindfulness of body to really learn the language of how the body feels, feeling in the language of sensation. So this next piece is teasing apart the T of raft. So in this, uh, in this piece, we're teasing apart the different components of an emotional experience so that we can start to see the different parts more clearly. So emotions have many facets to them, both physical and mental. And we can tease apart the physical experience from the thoughts. So you know, we might notice the heaviness, uh, we might notice heaviness, a slouch posture, maybe a lump in the throat. Um, we recognize that part of sadness as distinct from the thoughts about sadness, um, which is distinct from the emotional tone of sadness. So that helps us get to know what's really happening here. And when we can really see clearly and tease apart carefully, we can find where the suffering is. We can find where the source of suffering is. And we can also find where the freedom is. So when we look more closely at the mind, we can tease apart uh, the emotion from the reaction to the motion. Right? This is what we talked about with the first arrow and the second arrow. So we can start to see the difference between the first and the second arrow. We can see the difference between our grief and the embarrassment about the grief. And those are two different things. And we get to see what uh, judgments, expectations, and attitudes we have that are functioning in relationship to the primary emotion. Maybe we might ask ourselves, you know, are we afraid of how we, are we afraid of how we feel? Uh, do we grasp hold of our feelings? Do we hate them? Are we embarrassed by them? Are we identified with them? These are all questions that 
um, that we can discover through this practice of teasing apart. So here you have it, that is RAFT, R-A-F-T, recognize, allow, feel, and tease, tease apart. So just as a reminder with these, you don't have to practice all four aspects each time you focus on an emotion. Um, please feel free to experiment to see what works for you and uh, see what helps you relate to your emotions with less reactivity. And what you may find is that through doing this practice, rather than needing to solve our problems, sometimes this practice can dissolve our problems. And what we find is the more we practice, the more clear it is that there are two classes of emotional experience. One class is of wholesome emotions, or excuse me, of unwholesome emotions uh, that involve craving, aversion, or delusion. And these are often emotions based in wanting or not wanting, might be desire, anxiety, competitiveness, envy. And these are the feelings, feelings that Raft is particularly helpful for. Now there's a second class of emotions um, that are wholesome ones, that manifest from a peaceful heart. Emotions like uh, joy or compassion. The paramis like generosity, patience, loving kindness. And these wholesome emotions are cultivated in part just by knowing when they're present. So we have so many moments throughout the day where it might even just be a flicker, but just a little flicker of contentment or a little flicker of joy. So don't miss these when they're present. Really pause and soak them up when they come to visit because this conditions the mind for uh, allowing these wholesome states to arrive more frequently in the future. So I hope that today, whatever emotions you encounter, you can meet them with the eye of practice. And I hope that you remember that you always have a raft on hand. Uh, you always have what you need to cross the river from delusion to awakening. So may you all arrive safely on the other shore. Thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely day.